how did your publisher take this instant <laughs> flood of success? I think I got uh, a four-word email. It was Monday morning. What did you do? <laughs> Welcome to a very special debut episode of Most Human. It's a show where I track down the most sought after and viral sensations from TikTok and beyond, and I bring them here to hang out with us and share the rest of their remarkable stories. My guest today is an author who is making a debut of his own when a random act of kindness was shared on TikTok, and it took him from a lonely book signing table to a guest spot on the Today Show. He currently sits as Amazon's number one bestseller. Guys, you're going to stick around for this. I have the distinct pleasure of being in the company of Sean M. Warner and his wife, Lizette. Sean, I'll, I'll let you talk about it. And I wish I wish Red could be here. I know he has a yeah. lot going on and y'all been on quite the tour lately. But uh, maybe you can take me back to that fateful day. Well, uh, I was sitting in uh, a Kroger's in Fort Worth as part of their authors in the grocery store program. And I'd been there all day by that point. Uh, I got there at 9 o'clock in the morning, and Red didn't come up talking to me until about 3 or 4 in the afternoon. So I'd been sitting there for a hot second. And, um, you know, there was a lull in the people coming in the store. So I was just sitting there, and Red saw me um, alone, and he— came over and started talking to me uh, about my book and what I was doing there and things like that. And he bought a copy, and then he went to check out. Then he got into his mind to come back and buy a second one because he wanted to give it away on his um, TikTok channel. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, you know, it it was funny the way that worked out because, you know, he came over, saw me sitting alone. He thought, hey, I'll come brighten this guy's day up. And then he asked me if I wanted – if I minded – being a video for his TikTok channel and said, no, if I can help this guy out, great. And so it was like both of us doing this nice thing for each other. We thought we were being the nice ones. <laughs> yeah. How did your publisher take this instant <laughs> flood of success? Did they wonder um, what you were doing? Did we I hear remember, from them yes, on Sunday? Was I got, it, it was Sunday. It wasn't. Was it I don't Sunday know if it was, was it Sunday or, or early Monday. Um, I think I got uh, a uh, – Email, a four-word email. It was Monday morning. What did you do? Because, <laughs> yeah, the orders were just flying in, and it caught all of us on the back foot a little bit. We, none of us were prepared for this. Um, and my publisher, Black Rose Writing, they've been really good on getting on top of it and moving it forward and, um, you know, keeping things moving and, and catching up. Yeah, because you have a hardcover out now. Yeah. You've got an audio book yeah. in the works. Ooh, audio book. The audio book, <laughs> actually, I I am I am now un, out from under my gag order. <laughs> the oh, audio book okay. is, is coming out um, August the 22nd, and it's available for pre-order now on— um, Your website. Uh, my website and Audible, uh, audible.com. It's ready for pre-order, so I'm allowed to start putting dates and things out now. So August 22nd, if you want the the audiobook. That's and everybody's awesome. been asking, too, about um, different languages. So the foreign rights are – they're proceeding in many like, – all the major mm. – lang- like all of the major <laughs> languages. Several of them that you already know of 
but many more are coming. And I know a lot of people yeah. keep asking, what's the status on that? And it's, it's in process. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it took, it took everybody by surprise. We didn't, we had a number of books at home, but not nearly, I think, I think enough. by Monday morning, you were already in the top 10 on Amazon for all books, which is crazy yeah. because it's all, all books. It's a young adult novel. Like it shouldn't be ever yeah. on the top 10, we, right? I but, mean, I, I gained, I got to, the first thing I got to number one in young adult mysteries and th thrillers. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of other young adult genres fell in line there. And then it just kept escalating. And then until I was the number one overall um best-selling book on Amazon for over seven days, over a week. Yeah, I think it's okay. Which is, is insane um, given that a debut author to be considered successful is about 2,000 books is a good run for a debut author. So I'm definitely successful. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was going to say thankful and grateful, but, but yeah. I'm going to say successful <laughs> because I know you probably don't even acknowledge that, that yeah. um, you probably haven't even acknowledged internally that you're successful. Not I'm here to tell you, you are. I'm just me. <laughs> Yesterday, you know, today, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm like my daughter. I'm pretty pretty laid back. So yeah, um, but I do appreciate it. I mean, I do get it and appreciate it. I'm just so grateful. So again, I have to ask the question. I don't know if you have this data, but like, how many how many books are we talking about? Do you have any idea? Um, what was it? Two three weeks ago. Yeah, our, that's our, like way outdated. Yeah, now, it's yeah. way outdated. Or maybe it's but, the same. I don't know. Um, our my publisher said that we had sold 56,000 copies, which is just an outrageous number for it's, a debut. It's novel. the most. Yeah. It's, it's you insane. sold the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, crazy. It's, it's Yeah, it's just an insane number. And you're um, still number one on Amazon. I, I know you don't check, but I every once in a while I'll check. Uh, on the young adult thriller and mystery, you're still no. uh, you're yeah. still number one. Yeah, it I, was I, funny, and then when I went to go look, it was like you were one and five, and or one and three and five, or something, whatever, for the paperback, the hardcover, and uh, like the Kindle edition or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's she's just crazy. right. I, I when I when I get on Amazon, and I do get on there from time to time, and I just kind of blow right by the what rank I'm at or, or things like because that's not important. But I do go down and and um, go through some of the reviews and things like that mm -hmm. because that's that's important to me what uh, what people are saying and. Um, you know that they it's like I said reignited their love for reading, or they've gotten away from it, and now they're getting back into it. Those, those are what give me more of a sense of meaning than what rank I am at the thing yeah. I said. Because I wrote this book, obviously to be read, but it, I, I I wrote it to be a fun read. And when I see people saying oh, I read this in two days, and it was a great book, it was a lot of fun, I said that's what I wrote it for. Um, because I remember when I was reading as a kid, I was reading things for fun. Um, and I, I just got a lot of enjoyment out of it. I think we're getting away from that, which I think we need to address, that reading should 
be a fun thing, but we're assigning such weighty stuff all the time for kids to read, whether it's important works of literature, classics, or it's about social issues, or it's about whatever. Uh, and it, it's making reading, the perception of reading as a chore. And I, I, I still think reading should be fun. It should be able to rank up there with TV, movies, video games, and stuff like that. Perhaps not, you know, at the top of that list, but it still should be an option for a fun pastime. Um, you know, when I was when I was a kid, I was reading titles for fun. I was reading Marvel comics and DC comics and you know, all kinds of stuff, and and that's. The thing is that that's okay to read, you know, at least people are reading. And um, so, yeah, I, 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 so that's where I get my sense of, of satisfaction from more is the the feedback that people are enjoying the book and they are rediscovering reading, especially young people. And then there was that 14-year-old who did her book report Oh yeah, that was, that was priceless. And that was prior to <laughs> that was prior to the whole uh, TikTok famous blow up. I think because they got your book I think from it, a Kroger. It co coincided or yeah. something, but yeah, because uh, um, that that Kroger wasn't my first uh, the my first Kroger rodeo at all. Yeah. That was my fourth Kroger, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. And I had been at a number of half price books, doing book signings and things like that. Like I said, just trying to get my name out and trying to let the world know that this book exists. So, yeah, so it's, it, it was, wasn't was as overnight as it might seem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, after it took off, of course, it was overnight, absolutely. But there was a lot of steps leading up to that moment um, when Red came over, which, you know, it's always – you know, his kindness kind of launched. I, I, I said this the other day, and it's, it's a great thing. I, for the rest of my life, I get to say my writing career got launched by kindness. That is such a great thing to be able to say. That's super that. cool. Yeah. I love that about some of the comments and some of the feedback that you've received after the video did what it did. Well, it's it's all been super positive for the most part. And, um, you know, some of the comments, especially the reviews on Amazon and things like that, when people say things like, "I've," you know, they're rekindling their love for reading, which is one of the reasons I wrote the book the way I did. Um, and Or they say that they're giving it to their kids, or even better, they're reading it with their kids. And they're, you know, my mind, they're having discussions back and forth about it. I, I just think that's awesome. Yeah. I had heard you mention that, and I thought about that because as I'm going through the book, I'm picking out some topics that do um, beg for a discussion, mm -hmm. right? And I have kids that are on the younger side. Um, this book, it's I think it's 13 to 18. Is that the – Yeah, I, that's I, I what say Amazon says. Anyway. Yeah, I, I'd say it's from um, 13 and up, um, yeah. and I always – caveat when a younger reader picks it up always talk to their parents i'm a parent too she you know lee starts out in a pretty dark place and i make sure i'm up front and everybody knows that and you've even told some parents who've come up and said and and on tiktok too that you know they'll ask is this okay for my 12 year old or 11 year old and you're like flat out no um it's it's and then you'll mm -hmm. say here's my 
for me, I wouldn't give it to my 12-year-old. But then you go mm-hmm. back and you explain to him that Lee starts out in a really dark place. And so you had somebody who came to the book signing who um, mm-hmm. wanted to get a yeah. bit to their 11-year-old or their 12. And they even had a younger, like the one with the little mm-hmm. um, younger kid because it had ghosts in it. So they really, the kid wanted to read it. And so she wanted to read it with the kid. But um, Sean was pretty upfront about saying, that, you know, she starts out in a very dark place. And so the parents were like, okay, well, then I'll, I'll read it first. But then once you get past that, and if they're reading it to the um, to their kids, and that makes it, you know, it's just more engaging for them, too. There's been a lot a lot of people reaching out. Uh, you have you have a TikTok account for the first time now. You had to create one, right? <laughs> I did. It's kind of funny. All this happened on Sunday night, and I didn't have a TikTok account until Monday. My wife helped me set it up. But I figure if, if that many people are going to, you know, take an interest and be that kind to me, they deserve to hear back. So that's the only reason I set it up, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and and it's 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 been good. I like um, I like interacting with people. So I like book signings and, and things like that. So for those listening that want to follow, what's your TikTok handle? Um, or should I refer to your agent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my ha- my handler. She keeps me between the lines. That's what he he uh, keeps calling me his handler. He's um, Sean, Sean W. Wrights. Um, I think that's your same handle on Instagram too, Sean yeah, W. Yeah, Sean Wrights. W. Wrights. I, I try to stick to that, be uniform. Yeah. You, as a writer, you think it'd be more creative, but no, it's the same thing everywhere. Yeah, it's S-H-A-W-N because actually his name, it's Irish, but they misspelled it when his mom um told them and they just never they, fixed it so they weren't changing the paperwork yeah no. <laughs> really no well i think it was your mom didn't want to ask if i remember right, I or something like it was back in the day when like I, you didn't you didn't question see, yeah. that's that's where you got your point what they did <laughs> <laughs> so you woke up to being tiktok famous um well it's it started we were we were just watching tv sunday night and uh, her phone started buzzing on notifications that we were selling books off our website, which hadn't happened since the book came out. And all of a sudden, it's starting to go off. And then I'm getting notifications that people are subscribing to my newsletter and, and things like that. And we're like, we're looking at each other. Okay, what is going on? Well, what do you What do you think's happening? I had no clue. I, I didn't know what was going on. It didn't occur um, to you that maybe it was that guy. No, it's not at all. I, I didn't even remember the the encounter, to be honest. Um, and then, of course, my daughter calls. Said, Dad's gone viral on TikTok. And I said, oh, great. Is that a good thing? <laughs> I know that's how to touch on yeah, like, it. What just... does that mean? And then so she said, yeah, she's like, oh, my gosh, he says. I don't know how many views you had had at that point. I don't, I don't even know what you time was... he posted it, but – she had sent us several videos, and I was trying to pull them up, and I'm like, oh, I couldn't, couldn't pull them up, and that's when we were trying to get the mm-hmm. TikTok channel. But we, yeah. yeah, we didn't know. I know you, you came home and said that, you know, somebody came and took a TikTok video of me while I was at the grocery store, and you're like, oh, maybe something will come of that. Yeah. But we really hadn't given it much of a didn't thought. Really- didn't think much about it, really, yeah. to be honest. It was just another day of trying to get my name out there because that's the hardest hurdle for writers yeah. to get their name out there that they actually have a book and to get noticed. It's really hard for a writer. And I'm sure it's the same true for musicians and other artists, too, just to, you know, all that noise that's out there. There's so many. Just to get noticed is so hard. 
And then now you're sitting on, can you, can you guess how many millions of views? I think it was like 20. I was, I was looking at Red's um, channel. I think he's at like 20, 21 million views just on that. That's just that one video. That one video, yeah. yeah. You guys have been on national television. Yeah. Tell me about that, this tour you've been on. <laughs> where, where have you been stopping? Um, we well, they they flew us out to New York to, um, to be on the Today Show, which was an incredible honor. Um, and I, I'm discovering that I'm okay when things start rolling, but that green room <laughs> where you have to wait—that's oh. the worst. You know, the anticipation. You know, and I I'm always sitting there worrying about putting you know my size eleven foot, and my size eight mouth. That's <laughs> familiar. So. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we did that. It started out, though, with some um, things in our house, which is always, oh, I got people coming over. Let's clean this. Let's hide that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh, no. We had the WFAA, Channel, Channel ABC, the, the affiliate, right, um, our local affiliate. So they had called. I think they had reached out. People were trying to reach out to you, like, on TikTok and on his Instagram um, channel, but you weren't really checking your Instagram. You no. hadn't even posted no. much on your Instagram in, no. in quite a while because you'd been writing. And people were reaching out on TikTok. And since we had his TikTok account, you know, it was just exploding with like message, message, message. So by the time we got to it, it was like already, I don't know, three or four days had already passed. And mm -hmm. that were just more and more views, more and more books are being sold. And, um, and so finally, when we we got to it, you know, we were responding, and then they wanted to come over to the house to to interview you and, and film. And my first reaction was, like, like our little hovel or hovel. Like, <laughs> no. I'm like, can we go there? I'm I mean, like, they don't want to see our, our dogs. House. <laughs> I know. We're like, we have dog hair everywhere. Do they have to be here? Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> I can tell you those videos of you, especially you saying thank you, have been mm. some of your most popular and definitely your most yeah. endearing so I think it's really cool. Well, they're they're heartfelt, you know. I mean, people have genuinely been so kind, and, and um, what they've said and, and what they've been doing and things like that is it's just it is heartwarming, and and that thanks is genuine. What you said, your your daughter alerted you <laughs> to the, the sensation. Yeah. So what was her take now? Now she's got famous parents. What's going on? Oh, she's pretty laid back. She's just, you know, <laughs> you know dad doing his thing. Yeah. You know, she she takes it all in stride. Yeah. And, um, my son's kind of the same way. It's like, you know, he just takes it in stride. Yeah, I don't think you'd be able to tell. I, at least I couldn't. I asked them both sort of point blank. What are you, what are your thoughts about, you know, dad being sort of TikTok famous mm -hmm. and they're like, it's kind of unbelievable sort yeah. of thing. And I was like, okay. I'm like, are you guys mm -hmm. surprised? And they're like, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, but as far as, you know, changing their attitudes or, or stuff, you no, know, it's just dad being dad, you know, doing yeah. it, doing a thing. Cause I've been at this for a while mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they've seen me working and they've always seen me working one way or another. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, like I said, they just kind of take it in stride and off they go. I know they're super proud, and mm -hmm. they're they're going to be proud of you either way. Especially if they've read your work, it's mm -hmm. it's tremendous. So tell us, <laughs> you say you've been at this a while. What does what does that mean? Because you've you've had other career stops. I have had uh, quite a few 
different careers. It, it depends on what version of the story I've been at it for a while you want to hear. Um, I started writing, I remember, I, I've told this story a number of times, but I, I remember sitting in my bedroom when I was like six or seven years old with a big fat pencil and an old, yeah. um, it was a big chief pad where they had the two solid lines of the big dashed line in the middle so you yeah. know where your lowercase and uppercase letters go. <laughs> and I was reading a series of Billy and Blaze, um, their picture books basically, uh, about a boy and his horse and his adventures. Hey, and I sat down and I tried to write one. Whatever happened, so I couldn't even tell you what the story was about. But uh, So from the age of six, I've been trying to write. I was that geeky kid who looked forward to the writing um, thing. Was reading a big thing in your home? Um, dad read a lot. Mom was more the Reader's Digest back when those magazines were hot. Um, and the, um, Better Homes and Gardens, she read the magazines and stuff like that. But then as she got older, she read, um, actually when we moved into the house after she had left, we found this whole stash of John Grisham. <laughs> I mean, a big stash of John really? Grisham. Yeah. So she got into it more, I think, as um, as she got older. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was, you know, my writing. Um, so in that sense, I've been writing all my life um, and always put in the other story of my teachers always said I was really good at writing. And then, the, and then came the caveat, but you can't make a living at it. And I wasn't the greatest student to begin with, and I was young enough and dumb enough to believe them, so I didn't really – it was just something I kind of tinkered with and toyed with and never took seriously until about 15 years ago, I guess, when we started – I started um, homeschooling our kids, and then I started studying the craft, which is um, – the f jumping off point for anybody who wants to write, you have got to study the craft of writing. You don't just sit down and knock it out. Nobody does. You're either going to learn it through the school of hard knocks or you're going to get some books and you're going to read up about it and you're going to figure it out and learn it um, one way or the other. You're going to pay your dues and learn the craft. So exposure, reading, immersion is not enough. Um, no, reading is um, reading is not enough. It's part of it, but you have to read um, books um, like Save the Cat Riots, a novel is one that I really liked. Um, there's also a book, Story Engineering by, uh, I want to say it's Larry Brooks. It might be Terry Brooks. But uh, that's another um, huge one for me. And you read enough of them, what you figure out is they all say the same thing, the three-act structure and the different pieces that go into each one of those acts and, and start really breaking it down. But they all say it differently. So you have to find the the language that speaks to you and say, I can do that. That, that makes sense. Now I know what these people are talking about. What's the difference between you know, a plot point and an inciting incident and all these other technical things? But you got to know them. And you're not going to pick those up just by reading. Um, even if you're trying to critically read, you're not going to know what to look for. So you absolutely have to study the craft. And that includes um, spelling, unfortunately, because a spell checker isn't going to save you. 
and grammar. It, it stinks, but I mean, you have to know it. You have to know when to use a semicolon and when it's more appropriate to use an M dash. And a lot of people are going, what in the heck is an M dash? Well, you, know, you got to know this stuff. <laughs> uh, and, and the other thing is you also, I mean, aside from the reading, you also did like seminars and workshops and then you were part mm -hmm. of like critique groups and writers groups that get together mm -hmm. um and so you learned a lot of things that way too so Absolutely. it wasn't just it, it's not just reading and and like reading books but also um working and doing some workshops and things like that yeah. but the yeah, other that's... thing i was i was going to mention because you were talking about you know when you were writing as a kid and when the news stations came calling they started asking for do you have photos we need photos or and so we are surprisingly not a photo family we i we had pictures of the kids but we didn't really have a whole lot of pictures of us. In, the, in the moment yeah, yeah we didn't have any of him and so my daughter goes scouring through the house and through the attic trying to find all these photos that we could use. And she found a story that he wrote when he was 13. Uh, I think you were like 13. It was younger than that because I was And we have it at home, and I think I'm going to frame it at one point. I think you, you're going to have to Burn read it. it. <laughs> Maybe you'll read it on TikTok or on Instagram or something. But it was so funny because she, she and I were reading it. We burst out laughing because the first line is literally, I was sitting at the bar. <laughs> you were an aspiring like, young man. Yeah, I just I was, ordered a drink. I, I must have been nine or ten because I wrote that in um, when I was still in Kansas City, and we moved right after my third grade year. So that would be nine or ten years okay. old, and yeah, uh, I'm sure my it wasn't my mother's proudest moment or something. <laughs> I was sitting in a bar. <laughs> it was just so funny because then oh. she also wrote, you know, that you got a high mark on it. She was like, "This is a really uh, excellent mm -hmm. story." So. So it was, just, it was just kind of funny. We <laughs> ran into that as we were yeah. scouring for pictures. Yeah, Sister's Wimple stood on end at that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I think your daughter should read that on one of your next viral TikToks. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to burn it. Burn it. Treasure. It's a treasure. So as you, as you got older um, – you spent some time in the armed forces. I did. Uh, I graduated high school, and um, college wasn't really an option for a number of reasons. And I went into went into the military, um, the 82nd Airborne Division. I was in the infantry, um, and had a great career while I was there. Very successful. Uh, it was it, it was a great experience, and it's turned out to be something that I really needed. It helped me find a sense of focus that I may have been lacking, um, and some self discipline also that I may have been lacking at the time. And I was able to knuckle down and you know same struggles, but now I have a different mindset. To, you know, I can drill sergeant yell at myself in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any time to write while you were in the service? Uh, I probably wrote uh, a few pages here and there or something like that because I've always tinkered with writing, always started stuff, watered them up, threw them away or put them in a notebook and never followed up on them anymore. Um, these ideas come to me and, and you know, it's – because writing, I, I've come to discover – 
over the years. It, it's not something I do. It's kind of who I am. I make up stories and um, tell my little fibs and fables, <laughs> you know. But um, no, it, it's it, it's kind of part of my personality to tell stories and um, have you know pretend adventure. That's the great thing about writing is you know you still get to pretend. <laughs> And, yeah. and nobody looks down on it. <laughs> so it's, you mentioned that. It, one of the things I've been wondering is, um, and my fiance asked this, she says, he's he's an older gentleman, right? And I said, I said well, yeah, he's semi-retired. And she said, and he's, he's writing for Lee, who is a troubled teenage girl. Tell me about that. How do you put yourself in that place? What do you draw from to develop a character like that? Well, I, I I think no matter what characters you write, you, you draw from your experiences with them. And I've had a wide variety of experiences um, in different fields. Um, when I was – after I got out of the Army, I went to study psychology, got a degree in that, and then I went out and got a master's degree in social work. And I worked in uh, pediatric counseling and therapy in inpatient and residential um, homes for kids. So that was kind of my focus. Um, so in, in that sense, I did have a little bit of knowledge about that sort of stuff and a lot of experience working with kids. I find that I'm much more patient with them. It's probably why I have more younger characters than older ones because a lot of times when I read about older people, it's just like, okay, that was just a dumb decision and I don't have that empathy. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the old military thing yeah. coming out, but it's hard for me. It's like, you should have known better or something like that. But I give kids an awful lot of leeway and it's just easier to write them that way. How how do you think he did? I thought he did a great <laughs> job. I know when I read it, I... I thought it was a it was a good story he's got another one that i think is even better than lee and again that one has a a strong female character in it too and i love them like i don't know you just i feel like you captured you capture them really well hmm. yeah and do you share them through the process she's already reading your next book or do you hold on to the end tell me about that um i I have, over the years, I have started and not finished so many projects that she said to me, well, don't, don't give me anything until you finish it because I w want to read more and there's never an ending to it. <laughs> so unless you're, it's a finished, you know, first draft manuscript, just tell me you're working on it and then give it to me when it's finished. That being said, <laughs> I did ask for Lee too. <laughs> like, yeah. I did ask, oh, yeah, because I, that, that's the thing with me is sometimes I've read some of your stories and, and then you, you might stop, like, okay, I'm not going to continue writing that one, but you leave me hanging on the edge because I'm like, well, what happens with this person? Because now I want to know. Now you've got <laughs> me invested in this character, and now I don't know what's happening with them. <laughs> so are we talking about a series? Um, for for Lee Howard, um, it, it's probably going to be a series of some sort. I'm just not sure how long or, or what's into it. I mean, she'll tell me what her story is. That's usually how it works. Is I I come up with the characters and things, and then they start telling me the story. Because um, I mean, it sounds almost psychotic, but they become if you if you construct them right, they become actual people. Yeah. And that's how you get their unique reactions as instead of everybody kind of sounding the same. And um 
So, yeah, she'll let me know what her story is and how long it's going to be and when she's done. That is so interesting. It's like AI. If you build it off of a good model, <laughs> it'll start It'll start talking back. Yeah. No, you build a great model uh, with Lee. So there's been a lot of talk on TikTok about this notion of do you have an inner dialogue or not? I don't think I do. But I, I'm just curious. Do you – Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I feel I feel foolish for asking um, you that. No, no. Um, I have, um, like I said, I'm always um, having, especially when I'm driving. It's amazing. I haven't been in any major accidents. I have a lot of um, kind of fantasy or imaginary stuff going on of scenarios and conversations and and things like that. Um, and then I also have some inner dialogue um, about myself and. Um, you know, either it's encouraging or something like that. Um, you know, uh, and so there's a lot of self-talk, um, and it's constant. Either it's imagination stuff of, like I said, dialogues between characters or a potential sort of character. And then I start asking myself, especially when I'm in the early stages, I play a lot of what if kind of games, you know, what if this girl's parents were murdered and she's trying to solve the murder? And What if she goes to live with rich family she never knew she was part of? What if there were, it was haunted? Well, what if she makes friends with them? Well, what if the ghost has multiple persons? And then from there, it just keeps going and going. And then, um, you know, so yeah, in, in a lot of different ways, I always got something going on. I'm sure there's medication for that, but there's always <laughs> something going on. In and it's it's funny you should say that because on the drive here, you were having a monologue. You were like, and I was sitting there and I was working on something while we were driving over here. And I was going to ask you, well, you know, how's Lee doing or what? Because sometimes it's plots or whatever that you're going through or questions or whatever, but I didn't want to interrupt your like creative process. Cause like, that's what happens as well. Yeah. Sometimes we'll walk the dogs and all of a sudden I'll have a question. I'll, I'll ask, you know, I'll ask you a question and he's deep in thought. He uses our mm -hmm. walks as those times yeah. to like do plot. He's plotting the story. Mm -hmm. And so he's, even though he's not saying anything, he's, there's active stuff going on. Yeah. So. In, in a lot of ways, it's like, um, yeah, when I was working as an engineer, you know, this time spent writing the software is really pretty small. It's the design work and and planning and the structures and stuff that go all the go up front, and then you start putting it out. And, and this is the same same sort of thing. I, you know, of course, <laughs> the problem is I need to stay focused because I'll be thinking, oh, what about this like these two kids who start a rock band. That, well, that'd be great. Well, that has nothing to do with the story I'm working on here. <laughs> so I kind of table that maybe later. And you know. <laughs> So it's funny you say that because <clears throat> as you're describing the process and going down all these potential conditions, mm. you know, to, to kind of tap to the programmer speak, all these logical conditions, it feels very much like a mind mapping exercise. And it kind of makes me think about how much science is really involved in architecting a really good story. It absolutely is a, a huge part of it. That's why I stressed earlier, you've got to know the craft. You've got to know those points and where they fall in the story and what their purpose is and, you know, what is what is a B story and, and who is that character and what do they contribute to the overall story and, you 
then you have other ideas. Okay, this is a great scene, but how does it push the plot forward? And by pushing the plot forward, it has to be based on the characters doing something. So what is unique to their personalities that are going to set up? It, it, it's very technical. And that's why I say you really have to study the craft and know what's going on. And then after you know it, of course, you can break all the rules you want. Yeah. But you got to know what the rules are first. <laughs> I love that. So in this most recent <laughs> collection of experiences, what what have you learned? Um, well, uh, I don't know if it's something I've learned per se, but it's definitely reaffirmed the power of kindness um, in that, you know, Red did this great thing for me. But when you hear his side of the story, I mean, for me saying it, it's huge. It's life-changing. You hear his side of the story. It's like, dude, I was just going to buy ice cream. And I saw this guy sitting alone and just said hi, <laughs> you know, just trying to brighten his day a little bit. Um, and it's that simple. And it really is, you know, that simple. And then he asked if we could make a video. Sure, if it helps you out, I'm not doing anything else. Why? Why shouldn't I help you out? Um, and it's the the transformative power of kindness, even little things. Just you know, some guy at the you're checking out your groceries in the, in the grocery store, and you just tell a really bad, corny joke. Well, that might brighten their day. They may be struggling or something. It just might make them feel that just a little bit better, you know. Um, you know, I, you know, my wife was telling a story about holding the door for people. I was holding the door for this little, um, he was a younger kid. I was holding the door for him. He walked out and he, he said, thank you. So first of all, kudos to the parents that taught this kid to be right. so polite. But, you know, and I responded, yes, sir. And his face just brightened up. You know, this, who's this guy calling me, sir? You know, and I, I, Maybe I'm wrong, but I like to think that he's going to be more inclined to be respectful to other people because now he knows how it feels to be treated with respect. So I think it just reaffirmed that whole thing for me. Well, what a blessing that we have authors like you to instill that in the reading and the children through the materials that you're giving <laughs> them to consume. It's just that's what we need more of. I think, you know, a lot of that's just, you know, I'm a guilt-ridden Catholic, so I couldn't do anything else <laughs> if I wanted to. <laughs> but uh, I th thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm going to ask you about your husband. What what is, what is the most human side of him um, that, that we should that we should take with us? Well, it's interesting you asked that because I, I was thinking. You know, you said that you read slowly, and some of your TikTok fans have said, oh, I want to get the book or I want to wait for the audio book because I have dysle dyslexia, so I can't really read. And I think one of the most human things about him and something that probably most people don't know is that he's also dyslexic. And that's also, I think that was also mm -hmm. part of your growing up uh, writing and doing math that you're always transposing numbers and things like that. And so it's it's been a setback in the sense of it takes him a long time to read a book. And we've had people coming over doing interviews and, oh, why don't you sign the book and answer this question while we're posing it? And he's like, no, 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 I can do one or the other, but I can't do both because he's got to concentrate. If he's signing the book, he's signing the book. If he's answering questions or doing a podcast, he's 
doing the podcast. So he he doesn't do the both and. And many of us do, right? Many I do all the time. Like I constantly um, being, you're constantly, <laughs> you know, telling me like you're doing oh, this, you you're doing you this, do. you're doing this. <laughs> and it's not necessarily a good thing. I, I wish sometimes I could concentrate and really like the only time I can is when I'm, when I am reading and I can set everything aside, my phone's down. But you're constantly, that's the thing that you do. I think that's the blessing of it too, which is, I think that's the, the human side that most people don't see. Like when he's writing, when, and to write, you have to read. And he's got to go back and read everything he's written. And with that challenge, it makes it slower. And I think that sometimes we, we don't, we don't see that, but that is very human, right? It is very human to, regardless what challenges you may have in your life, you can overcome them, right? You can over, and that's what it means to to be human is to know that you can transform, you can grow, you can you can reach your goals. And you know, he's sitting here as an example of that of someone with you know challenges who who's written a book um and i think that's just a it's a beautiful example for others thank you you're welcome <laughs> you are quite a member <laughs> couple too y'all y'all complement each other perfectly oh thanks <laughs> thank you yeah you probably don't give yourself mean compliments, so I'm glad she's here to give us the other side. <laughs> oh, I'm like, yeah, that's that's the old sergeant in me. I'm I'm pretty hard on myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so guys, what's next? We've talked about. Stay tuned. Future podcast. Talk about a spy series. Mm. So, right. Yeah, I um, I have. I can't focus on just one work at a time. Um, I'm some people can i envy them um but i'll get stuck and i don't know where a story's going so i'll start something else so i have a couple of different things in the works um i have a series of spy novels underage spies that i'm uh, working on i'm working on the follow-up to lee howard i have a uh, movie script that i'm toying with that features a dc character um, and a bunch of other stories that I have kind of planned out or mapped out that I'm working on polishing on. So what, what happens to me is I'll hit a roadblock in one and I'll switch over and I'll write on something else and then I'll come back to whatever my main project is. That's actually how Lee Howard got written, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, I'm just going to ramble here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I was working on a different story entirely and this idea of this girl got into my head and it was like a jingle or a, or one of those songs you, you just can't get out of your head sometimes you have to sing the song to get out of your head well i had to write lee howard so i could get back to this other thing i was working on and it turned out to be a beautiful thing that i did um but yeah so yeah i like i said i just can't I wasn't going to get anything else done on that other story until I wrote Lee. And then once I got started, it, it just wouldn't stop. She wouldn't leave me alone until I finished it. So that, that's just my process of how I work. I have to have multiple projects going. 
you're going to be doing more book signings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have one coming up in Roanoke, in Texas. Roanoke. Yeah. On August 12th. And uh, yeah. yeah, if you're in the DFW area, come out and say hi to Sean, Lizette, and, and myself. Yeah, right. come get your book signed. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and they can also get a book from your website um, in case they're listening to this in England or Connecticut or someplace else. <laughs> yeah. You can get a signed book. Yeah. What's, what's that? Uh, so it's at Sean Warner. Dot com, S-H-A-W-N-W-A-R-N-E-R, dot com. Yeah. Here's a jingle for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you having us. This was a lot of fun.